In reality television, the people are represented by two separate but equally obsessed attorneys. This is their podcast. Hi, I'm Ceci. And I'm Angela. And this is the Bravo Docket. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bravo Docket. Today is the second part in our coverage of the many horrible marriages of David Bador. We ended with the divorce between Leslie and David Bador, actually the second divorce proceedings between them, and had just discussed that both of them filed applications for restraining orders. And like we mentioned, they attached a lot here. Do you want to give an overview and introduce John? Yeah, so John and I read some of this stuff back and forth. John reads David Bedore's affidavit for his restraining order that he filed. I read Leslie's. And then there are text message exchanges that John and I act out. Yeah, there's a lot. And Ceci's going to wrap up the episode and we'll tell you how all of this ends at the very end so far. Okay, so to start, we're going to read from David Bedore's petition for a restraining order. And this is a declaration that he submitted in support of the restraining order. And basically, he's trying to give all the reasons why the court should grant the temporary restraining order. However, you usually don't have to put in this much evidence and this much, um, how do I say this in a polite way, smearing? public smearing in a petition and a declaration. It's always a great idea to have evidence attached to your petition, but this goes a step too far and you're going to see. I mean, we're going to take a full episode reading through this stuff. They've both put in a ton of information going back and forth as to why one person is an abusive piece of shit and why the other person is an abusive piece of shit. So it's a lot of shit slinging. Get ready, put on your earmuffs if you're not into foul language or descriptions of abusive situations. This is probably an episode to skip and to not listen to with children. Anyway, so John is going to read David Bedore's affidavit, so his declaration, supporting his application for the restraining order against Leslie Bedore. I, David Bedore, Declare that I am the petitioner 
in the within action, and the statements contained herein are true and correct. If sworn as a witness and called to testify, I could and would testify competently to all of the following. Respondent and I were married on October 15, 2020. We have one minor child of our marriage, age two. Since late 2022, Leslie and I have been having marital problems. I previously filed a petition for dissolution this year, which I later dismissed. I believe Leslie also filed a petition in the last few months, which also was dismissed. In February, Leslie moved out. We later reconciled, and she moved back into my rental home in Laguna a few weeks later. However, as of last week, it became clear to me that divorce was imminent. I refiled my petition for dissolution last week on May 30th, 2023. That same day, May 30th, I gave ex parte notice seeking a restraining order against Leslie for incidents that had occurred that weekend, in clear retaliation for me having provided her with ex parte notice. An attorney claiming to represent Leslie called my attorneys back approximately 20 minutes later, providing her with notice of seeking orders of protection for Leslie. While working on the moving paperwork that morning, my attorney was contracted by Leslie's attorney, and they began a discussion about attempting to resolve the dueling requests for restraining orders. I did not want to back down at that time, as I knew that Leslie was simply retaliating and her request had no basis, but the terms of the agreement that were being discussed was so we would not have to have further contact or live under the same roof, so I agreed it was best for all, especially our daughter, to come to an agreement. That afternoon, we all signed a stipulation order which caused for a resolution of the issues and both parties took their notice for domestic violence orders off. Attached here too as Exhibit A is a copy that fully executed stipulation. Again, this is just six days ago. Two days after the stipulation was signed, Leslie's counsel told my attorney that she needed gas money to get to the exchange. I was baffled by this. But nevertheless, I offered Leslie $50 and to meet at the police station to do the exchange. Sessie jumping in here. For those who have excellent memory, which I do not, we covered this stipulation in the first part of the David Bedore, Leslie Bedore divorce saga. So the prior episode, we talked about this stipulation. And what it is, is a contract that David and Leslie entered into that says, until the court enters a final decision on custody and financial support, like alimony, child support, this is what we're, we are going to agree to. If you remember, they originally said they wanted drop-offs and pickups of their minor child to be at the Trader Joe's parking lot in Laguna Beach. The judge scribbled that out and said, uh-uh, you guys are meeting at the Laguna Beach Police Department in the lobby because this is already a chaotic mess. So that judge's order isn't the final order in the divorce. So that happens at the end of this entire process. So until that comes through, until there's evidence exchange, until the whole litigation is hashed out, David and Leslie have agreed through their counsel to a stipulation. I did this because I did not want any excuses to stand in the way of my seeing our daughter. Attached here too as Exhibit B are copies of the correspondences discussing this exchange and Leslie's gross attempt to use finances in exchange for withholding visitation. The next day, Leslie's counsel demanded that the exchanges continue to take place at the police station and that we start utilizing talking parents. I again agreed. I saw our daughter yesterday, Sunday, based on the stipulation. We exchanged her at the police station and no incident occurred. I utilized talking parents to contact Leslie as her attorney demanded, but Leslie would not respond. 
I believe Leslie's renewed request for a straining order today is simply due to the fact that she has changed her mind and is unhappy with the agreement we entered into last week. This is purely bad faith. We spent an entire day negotiating the terms of the stipulation. No incidents of violence have occurred since the signing of the agreement, and yet Leslie is still seeking orders from this court. It is my position the stipulation resolves our issues. However, since Leslie is now apparently stating that she won't be abiding by the terms of the agreement, I have no choice but to seek the protection I was originally asking for. I have not been told the specific reasons as to why Leslie is seeking these orders today. However, I am sure she will mention that I sent some emails to her attorneys on Friday, June 2nd, pointing out some lies that she had emailed to my counsel. I was very upset by these allegations because they were absolutely false. Sessie jumping in again for those who don't have great memory and because we released the episode a couple weeks ago, we read these emails. These are the back and forth email through counsel where it was just like, I'm at a conference. You missed my email. My client demands a gas card. Where's the money? So that was those back and forth emails where it's like every email was attorney work. So David and Leslie were separately being charged for every attorney email that was going back and forth. Um, yeah, those are the ones that we read. So that's a lot of money exchanged just to figure out the drop-off location, but that's how contentious this divorce started. Anyway, we read those, so just so you know. My counsel contacted me immediately and told me that I could not contact opposing counsel directly. I immediately stopped this conduct. This was a pure misunderstanding on my part. Additionally, I did enter our community, Emerald Bay, yesterday, Sunday, to pick up my car that was parked across PCH at about a half a mile away from the home. I was driving to walk over to my car. I noticed that for some reason, Leslie was standing a few feet away. As I was changing out the cars, she started filming me. There was no order that I must stay a certain feet away from our residence, and I did not do this to harass Leslie. I have no idea why she was waiting by my parked vehicle located about a half a mile away from my home. I believe Leslie standing and filming me was harassing and an act of domestic violence itself. (laughs) On Monday, May 6th, Leslie had a custody hearing with her prior ex-husband. She came home very agitated, screaming at me that everything is my fault, so I assumed the hearing did not go well. We argued a bit and went to bed. The next morning, I woke up and went to work. When I got home that evening, I started playing with our minor child. Leslie was in the bedroom at this time. She started sending me a myriad of angry text messages, which were a continuation of the verbal argument we had the night before. Attached here as Exhibit C is a sample of our texts. These are the texts. And as a reminder, tonight the role of Leslie Bedore will be played by Angela. Stop verbally abusing me and kids. No fucking class! Exclamation point. People talk, dumbass. You walk around not ashamed of your behaviors. You are in public eye, you dumbass. Clueless, classless monster. You are destroying my custody case on purpose, clearly. Such a fucking monster. Go to Montana where the perfect people love you, asshole. You did a good job getting my kids taken from me. You are a fucking monster. Or take your meds again. You are a pathetic man. Pathetic, all caps. Excuse of a man. And most likely gay. You're a pathetic woman. By the way, spelled Y-O-U-R. You couldn't even fuck for more than a minute. Also, it's a plural woman. (laughs) You couldn't even fuck for more than a minute. Try learning how to fuck. You can't even control your fucking dick. It's ridiculous. Jeez. You have no filter. 
I won't have one. Fuck you, David Bedore. I have had more than enough of your bullshit and loose mouth. Fuck you, dude. Get a life. In lieu of restraining order, you can buy me a trailer. Take all money from Park City. Give me child support alimony. Can be six a month with gas card. Offer them 400K. Picture of 237 Plymouth Avenue, Newport Beach, California, three beds, two baths. Leslie continued the harassing text. I responded and simply stated the facts. After reading my very honest response, Leslie comes barging out of the bedroom with our daughter in her arms. She starts screaming profanities. They go to the front door. I follow them in an attempt to figure out where Leslie intended to go so late with our daughter traumatized in her arms. She turns around as she reaches the front door and slaps me across the face with her free arm. She then leaves. I immediately take pictures of my injuries, which are attached as Exhibit D. I then headed out to my office to get some peace, as I was certain Leslie would be returning to my home at some point that evening. As much as I attempted to keep our marriage together, I realized this can no longer go on. I notified Leslie that I'd be filing for divorce. Soon after, I started getting emails and texts from Leslie, threatening me that she would seek a restraining order and that she was calling the cops to report me. Attached here to as Exhibit E is a copy of that email and text message from that day. She clearly states that the only way she won't seek restraining orders for herself is if I give her money and let her live in my home. This is pure extortion. I was disappointed, but not surprised. This has occurred many times in our relationship. Whenever there is an argument between Leslie and myself, she almost always becomes physical, then threatens me that she will seek restraining orders against me. Just a few months ago, she falsely stated that I attacked her and sought an emergency protective order. She eventually dismisses her allegations because she knows she cannot prove them, as they are false. I absolutely acknowledge that Leslie and I have an intense and heated arguments, and that these last few months of constantly separating and reconciling have done damage to both of us. However, I now genuinely fear for my safety, to the point that I have no choice but to bring this request. Her blatant act of slapping me in front of our scared 2-year-old and 8-year-old confirms to me that she has no regard for not only my safety, but the emotional and physical safety of our daughter her acts of attempting to extort me are also harassing and making me genuinely fear for my safety. On Tuesday, our daughter had a dentist appointment at noon, and I had several bids so I could not attend. Leslie's two other children also had dentist appointments. I was not asked or invited to attend. On this date, I finished my bids and decided to go to a fitness call across the street from the dentist with my daughter Stella at 1.30. I left my phone in my truck. The class lasted 45 minutes. I took a shower there and came out to the parking lot. I got my truck, looked at my phone, had multiple texts from Leslie asking who I was with and why I was at the camp. I looked up after reading them and my wife was speeding through the parking lot with three children in the car. Sassy again, isn't this just icky? You see what I mean? It's just a lot of smearing. It's a smear campaign. It's like he's using the opportunity to throw in as much dirt as he can. She got out of the car screaming and asking where the fuck I was. She jumped in the truck and continued berating me. I grabbed my phone to show her I was with my daughter Stella, and she grabbed the phone out of my hand and threw it at me. I picked it up, she grabbed the phone again, and assaulted me with it. See photographs of the bruises of my body attached here too as Exhibit F. The entirety of the remainder of the week, she threatened me about exposing me to the world. She is a pathological liar and her lies could destroy my business and reputation, which is what I have to support my children and myself with. I request a restraining order to stop her from this physical and verbal abuse. There have been many instances of past abuse instigated by Leslie throughout the last few months. Each time I filed for divorce in the past, 
It was because Leslie got physical with me or made a false allegation against me. She has slapped me, swung at me, and dragged me on multiple occasions and at various places, including our home and vacations. Almost every single incident was witnessed by one of Leslie's older children. Just a few months ago, Leslie got physical with me in front of all three children. A video of said incident shall be provided to this court at time of hearing. Unfortunately, instead of following my gut and filing for protection then, or even just proceeding with a divorce, we again attempted to reconcile. I request exclusive use of my rental property. Attached here as Exhibit G is a copy of said lease showing that I am the tenant and responsible party of that property. Leslie and I cannot and should not be living under the same roof. Our stipulation, signed just last week, provides Leslie exclusive use of the residence until the end of the month. Thereafter, I will return to my home. Attached here as Exhibit H is a copy of the email from Leslie's attorney stating she has already found a place to live. She just needs me to pay her to help with the deposit. This, again, is a sign of using financial demands to get her way. Everything Leslie does is for her financial benefit. Now, it's clear that Leslie has realized she does not want to move somewhere where she will be required to pay her own expenses. Instead, she wants indefinite use of my residence, and she knows this renewed domestic violence request is the only way to get that. I am also seeking temporary, full, legal, and full physical custody. Despite her numerous texts attempting to extort me and stating she would be seeking protection, she herself agreed to the visitation terms just last week. This is Leslie's pattern, and unfortunately, I cannot live like this anymore. Based on the foregoing, I respectfully request this court grant my request and deny Leslie's request. I declare under penalty of perjury under the laws of the state of California that the foregoing is true and correct. So now we're going to switch to Leslie Bedore's petition. So her request for a temporary restraining order against David Bedore, and they filed four restraining order petitions around the same time. It was kind of like back to back. So this is her declaration in support of her petition or her affidavit in support of her petition seeking a temporary restraining order against David. And again, the role of Leslie Bedore this evening is being played by Angela. I'm reading this really quickly because it's long, so bear with me. I, Leslie Ann Bedore, do hereby declare as follows. I request a restraining order and supervised visitation to be issued against respondent David Bedore here and after David for his threats, harassment, hostile behavior towards me and our minor daughter blank that has caused us to fear for our safety and suffer substantial physical and emotional distress. David and I entered into a stipulation order for certain orders such as exclusive use and possession of our rental property to be used by me and our minor daughter blank until June 30, 2023, the amount of $40,000 to be given to me so that I may rent a suitable home for blank and I by June 30th, 2023, and joint legal and physical custody to me except during times when blank is with her father. However, since the signing of the stipulation, which was merely six days ago, David has made threats, harasses, and creates a hostile environment for both Blank and I. On Wednesday, May 31st, 2023, one day after the stipulation was signed, upon going to the gas station, I realized that David cut off the gas card, which I have always used. I do not have any wages from employment since the time David and I became a couple six years ago. On that same day, I went to use my ATM card at Wells Fargo in the joint account that I share with David, and the ATM card was declined. I thought there was probably a mistake since we have sufficient funds in our joint Wells Fargo bank account. When I asked the teller, she stated that the account was closed by David, and all the monies in the account were withdrawn that day. I was able to retrieve one account statement for March, but nothing more. My lawyer communicated the inappropriate closing of these two accounts to David's lawyer, but not much was resolved. David's lawyer alleged that I had previously taken out thousands of dollars from our joint account, and that is simply untrue. 
In March 2023, I took out $800 for the entire month. Attached here to and incorporated by reference, Exhibit B, a copy of the March 2023 Wells Fargo statement. David's lawyer suggested that he pay me $50 towards gas money for my vehicle. I drive a Mercedes-Benz G-Wagon. For a full tank of gas, it cost $150 per week where we live in Laguna Beach. David knows this, but I was still offered $50 in cash at the drop-off exchange. When I signed the stipulation, my understanding was that I would have access to the gas card and joint Wells Fargo accounts. When I arrived at the drop-off exchange, which was the Newport Beach police station. It was very demeaning to have $50 thrown into a bush, but since I needed the little money David agreed to give me for gas, I took it. This has been a pattern with David over the course of our relationship of him taking the credit cards he gives me and then when he gets mad, taking them from me. Thankfully, I was able to record a video of this exchange at the police station, which I will offer as evidence at trial. During the pickup of Blank at approximately 7 p.m., I was sitting in my car waiting for David to drop off Blank. This is in bold and underlined. I saw that David got out of his car and put Anna on the cement sidewalk with a Bloomingdale's bag. He failed to take her inside the police station, but thought leaving a two and a half year old child on the sidewalk was appropriate. I immediately jumped out of my car to pick Blank up from the sidewalk. By this time, David was already in his car speeding away. I could tell that Blank was bewildered and looking confused. I was able to again record a video of this drop-off at the police station, which I will offer as evidence at trial. On Friday, June 2nd, 2023, David sent many text messages to me, attached here to and incorporated by reference Exhibit C, a copy of the text messages. John, I'm going to have you read the text messages from David. Okay, so Exhibit C, the top says David Beater. She has him in her phone as David, B-E-A-T-E-R, unsent a message, and then it says today, 9.59 a.m., but it doesn't have a date. Let me know if it needs food or clothes. I take care of my children and provide for them, no matter if I'm married or their mother is married to someone else. It was cut off weeks ago. That is defective, not an accurate statement. Please stop harassing me, exclamation point. Then there's some sort of frowny face emoji. It's just that you signed the accusation. Verify its accuracy. She only wrote what you told her. Go through my attorney. See you Sunday for blank at LB police station. I will not be responding further, period. I'm not doing the police station every time either because you lose your shit. Looking forward to your depot. Then it says David Beater unsent a message. Then there's a frowny face. I need my mail. Please do not contact me. All goes through lawyers. Sad. Fucking sad. Please do not ever contact me unless it's about blank. Don't ever contact me again in this lifetime unless about blank! Exclamation point. Whatever. You seem angry again. Blank can stay with me overnight if you're angry again. I worry about her safety when you get angry. Let me know if you want her to. Did you feed blank or does she need anything? Please send me the app you want so I can document and the judge can see your lack of response and care for blank. Thanks. I'll never understand the need to be like this, but it is what it is. In the interest of blank, you'd think you'd be an adult. You certainly did that for your other two children. It's very telling and says it all. Blows my mind. It's exactly what attorneys want and how they feed themselves. She makes no money with no turmoil and Blank suffers for it. Just so unnecessary and unfair to her. So sad. But she's your friend. Brings tears to my eyes. So unfair, sad, and shameful. And your friend thinks it's acceptable. She must not be a mother or a parent. 
So we just went through the Exhibit C, which is the copy of the text messages, back to the affidavit from Leslie. Later that day, David directly contacted my lawyer by sending five separate angry and harassing email messages to her, even though David is represented by his own lawyers. Attached here to and incorporated by reference Exhibit D, a copy of the emails from David to attorney. My lawyer did not respond to David, but emailed David's lawyer to have him stop doing so. Miss Lawyer, you are not being truthful. Please send the entire video. I purchased diapers as you required, and your client refused them. Why did you ask for them? Another lie, wasn't it? She money from her ex-convict baby daddy, and her checking records will show it. I asked her if she wanted the $50 after that. She said yes, with my daughter in my hands. I went back to get it for her, set it in the planter. If you played the entire video, which I know you saw, you know you're lying. Moreover, your client refused to go into the police station. She has it on her video. Her and her lies do not work. Horrific what you two are doing to my little princess. Horrific. Oh, my God. So David has Leslie in his phone now as Leslie Trailer Trash. Let's hope that he's changed that since they've apparently reconciled. You won't put Blank's kids to the police station, but you'll do that to Blank? Shame, 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 shame on you. This one will be through the judge. It's just you that signed the accusation. Verify its accuracy. She only wrote what you told her. Go through my attorney. See you Sunday for Blank at LB Police Station. I will not be responding further. I'm not doing the police station every time either because you lose your shit. I take care of my children and provide for them, no matter if I'm married or their mother is married to someone else. I was cut off weeks ago. That is defective, not an accurate statement. Please stop harassing me! Exclamation point. Drug and alcohol screening. Tell blank, Dad, okay. So there's photos of David Bedore that were texted of him getting a blood and urine test. There's literally a photo in the text message of what appears to be a cup of his urine, and he definitely needs to be drinking more water. Oh, ew, Angela. Ew. So the reason he's showing her this is because, spoiler alert, both of them got their temporary restraining orders granted, and in hers, she put that he was abusing drugs and or alcohol, so the judge ordered him to submit to drug testing. So yeah, we are going back to the affidavit now, and that's what Angela will be reading from. On Saturday, June 3rd, 2023, I was driving on Coast Highway near a rental home in Laguna Beach when I saw David running towards me. He gave me the middle finger. I kept driving and did not stop. I became increasingly fearful that he would start running after me, so I drove home and locked my doors. I immediately let my lawyer know that David did this. On Sunday, June 4th, 2023, at the drop-off at Newport Beach police station, David walked in and berated me with questions yelling in my face. He then grabbed blank and walked to his vehicle. When he got to his vehicle, I was still videotaping the exchange and I heard him tell blank, she's a criminal. Then again, she's a criminal. I will provide the video at trial. During the time of the exchange on June 4th, 2023, at 4 p.m. during the pickup at the Newport police station, David walked into the station and immediately started taking Blank's clothes off in the lobby of the police station. I could see that our daughter was puzzled and looking around as if to say, what is wrong? What is going on? David took off Blank's Gucci dress, Gucci shoes, and even took off her hair accessory. He did this in front of at least two police officers, a male and a female. David was in a rush, and I could see he was sweating. Blank was looking at me, almost as if to say, save me. David explained to Blank that she would get her clothes back when he sees her again on Tuesday at his office. 
As I was videotaping this exchange, David yelled at me two times asking that I do not film him. The police officer told David that it was not against the law to film, to which David replied, I'm glad you're on her side. I will provide the video at trial. During the six years I have been in a relationship with David and the two and one and a half years we have been married, I have suffered from physical, mental, emotional abuse on many occasions. I was not able to escape him because of the financial control he had over me. It started to get worse after our daughter was born. On December 6, 2022, I was granted an emergency protective order attached here to and incorporated by reference Exhibit E, a copy of the emergency protective order. I also have documented two physical injuries during the time David and I were married, attached here to and incorporated by reference Exhibit F photographs. I did not press charges or seek a domestic violence restraining order because David repeatedly told me that he was a powerful man and that he would cut me off financially. I believe David's threats as he would oftentimes close our joint accounts and take my credit cards for me so that I could not take care of blank. On February 25th, 2023, David was in a rage as he poured plaques mouthwash on top of my head. It was a whole large bottle. I went to the Marquis Urgent Care that day, and I got an infection in my eye. Attached here, too, and incorporated by reference, Exhibit G, a copy of the Marquis Urgent Care Patient Clinical Summary and Transcription. I decided to continue being married to David even after this horrible abuse because of the threats to cut me off financially, take sole custody of our daughter, blank, which is exactly what he's doing now. I am also requesting that David be prohibited from posting pictures on social media of blank. David has a habit of trying to garner sympathy from his followers by posting pictures of blank and then deleting them. David used to be on the national television show Real Housewives of Orange County, and his ex-wife is still on the show as an active cast member. David uses pictures of blank to gain more social media followers and fans. Attached here too and incorporated by reference Exhibit H, a copy of Instagram social media posting of David, his ex-wife, of blank, and with his three other daughters, missing blank. Over 20 years ago, David's ex-wife had David arrested for domestic violence, and he was sent to prison. Attached here to and incorporated by reference exhibit I, a copy of David's text message. So I'm not sure why there are blanks in there, but obviously we know that the ex-wife is Shannon Bedore, Shannon Storms Bedore of Real Housewives of Orange County. And that is in reference to the domestic violence situation that occurred with David or supposedly occurred with David that played out on season nine and this season 11 reunion. I'm reading this exactly as it's written and there are typos. So I'm just reading the typos. On August 26, 2022, the father of my children from another relationship obtained a civil harassment restraining order against David attached here to and incorporated by reference exhibit J, a copy of the restraining order. David has a history and pattern of violence, not only against me, but his ex-wife and the father of my other children, especially during the past week, even after he was served with the summons and petition. And we had visitation exchanges at the Newport police station. David's actions have been erratic and abusive towards Blank and I, which is why I am requesting supervised visitation for David while he's with our minor daughter and for us to only have monitored exchanges at the Newport Police Station. I request David to pay for these services. I am requesting a psychiatric evaluation of David and random drug testing the day David visits with Anna. I am requesting a child custody evaluation and minors counsel in this case as well so that our minor daughter's rights are protected. I also ask that the court grant me exclusive use and possession of our property, which gives me the ability to be assured that blank has a suitable home, which is guard gated. As for child support, I have no income from wages as I did not work the entire time of our marriage at David's request. 
David owns a construction company, Bedore Construction, which grosses approximately $15 million yearly. Finally, I asked for attorney's fees in the amount requested by my lawyer of $15,000 as she has worked tirelessly even during the weekends to help me with my divorce and restraining order case. I have only paid blank law firm and mediation office $550 for my initial consultation and $435 for the filing of the petition last week. I declare under penalty of perjury under the laws of the state of California that the foregoing is true and correct. Signed June 5th, 2023, Newport Beach, California. Okay, see, so it's only been, let's say, a month. I think that's a generous estimate. About a month of time that Leslie has been dealing with her divorce attorney, and she's already requesting $15,000 for the work that the attorney has done thus far. So this is what I'm saying. Divorce attorneys are so, well, every, many attorneys are very expensive, especially when it's something as contentious as this. So now let's move on to other exhibits in Leslie's petition. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is John. He's reading the police report that Leslie attached to her affidavit. It is dated December 6, 2022. And I've asked John to do a different voice so that he doesn't sound like the same voice that he did for David Bedore. On 12-6-2022, I was working full uniform patrol in the city of Newport Beach, County of Orange. At approximately 2,115 hours, Officer Hufford and I responded to 28 Palazzo. 
This was in regards to a male subject later identified as suspect David Belazzo, uh, reporting that his wife, victim Leslie Bedore, had hidden his car keys. Upon arrival, I spoke with David, who stated that he has a strong suspicion that Leslie hid his car keys to provoke him and get him to physically hurt her. This is because Leslie is filing for a divorce and attempting to obtain a restraining order against him. David stated there was no physical violence tonight, but Leslie was constantly antagonizing him. After speaking with David, I spoke with Leslie, who denied hiding his keys. Leslie claimed she did not touch his keys and only wanted David out of the house. Leslie wanted to go to sleep and did not want anything to do with David. While speaking with both parties separately, they both interrupted my interview with them several times and they continued to yell at each other despite me telling them to be quiet. After several minutes of searching for David's car keys, David became increasingly more frustrated. He stated that he would leave the house if he could get his car keys, but we were still unable to locate his car keys anywhere in the house. David eventually asked us to leave and refused any further assistance. He also promised he would keep to himself and not provoke Leslie any further. It should be noted that neither David nor Leslie refused to leave the house, despite my multiple requests and asking them to leave. On 12-6-2022, at approximately 2250 hours, I monitored a radio broadcast of a female screaming and crying on the phone from 28 Palazzo. There was no further information at this time. Officer Fiddle, Officer Hufford, and I responded to this location a second time. Upon my arrival... I saw David and Leslie arguing inside the house from the doorway. I knocked on the door and asked David to come speak with me while Officer Fiddle spoke with Leslie inside the house. David told me the following summary. David stated that he had finally found his car keys underneath the baby carriage downstairs. David indicated that he was confident that Leslie moved his car keys because he had last placed them on the kitchen table. It should be noticed that David was sweating profusely at this time despite being approximately 50 degrees Fahrenheit. He then went on to say that he was just slapped in the face by his wife, Leslie. David initially claimed he was slapped on the right side of his face at the top of the staircase. After questioning him further, David changed his story and stated that it happened inside their master bedroom as he was attempting to pack his clothes and leave. David claimed that he was trying to leave, but Leslie slapped him because of it. It should be noted that all Leslie wanted was for David to leave the house. Therefore, it did not make sense to me that Leslie would attack David as he was attempting to leave. David also indicated that this occurred approximately 30 minutes ago. After questioning him further, David changed his story and stated that it happened just now prior to our police arrival. It was difficult for me to obtain a straight answer from David. I attempted to obtain further information pertaining to the allegations of David being physically assaulted. I asked David three separate times what happened immediately after he was slapped, and he immediately stated, I'm not going to touch her. Two separate times. He then stated, I never touched her three times immediately afterward, despite the fact I never asked him if he hit her. David appeared to be afraid and repeatedly accused Leslie of being a liar. He was sweating profusely at this time, and I did not observe any signs of physical injuries anywhere on his person, including the right side of his cheek, where he claimed to have been slapped. All right, I'm loving this accent, but what is it? Is this like a Philly accent or Boston or some kind of mix of the two? It's just kind of a, a collage of every cliche movie I've seen of that cop. And he's from all of those regions, just sort of in one. I like it. Keep it up. All right. Thank you. And I apologize to anybody that has one of these accents. I don't think anybody has that accent, so I don't think there's anyone you have to apologize to. <laughs> all right. Good. Good. Here we go. After speaking with David, I spoke with Officer Fiddle who confirmed that Leslie and David were dating for approximately six years and married for the past two years. 
They have one child in common together, blank and blank, who is allegedly asleep in Leslie's bedroom when she is physically assaulted by her husband, David. Leslie complained of pain, but did not have any physical injuries. Based on David's inconsistent statements, I determined he was the dominant physical aggressor in this domestic dispute. I subsequently placed him under arrest for PC243, domestic violence. David later stated that he has a cell phone video of Leslie breaking into his room and insisted I look through his cell phone. I later viewed the video he suggested on his cell phone and saw the following summary. Leslie forced entry into David's bedroom upstairs using what appeared to be a butter knife. Leslie was upset because she believed David had hidden her purse, but David denied the allegations. They continued to argue for a little while until both parties separate. It should be noted that this video did not depict any physical violence between the two of them, and I was unable to forward this video to my email due to the large size of the content. I asked David to later forward me a copy of this video via thumb drive once he was able to do so. David stated he understood. While at the scene, I asked Leslie if she would like an EPO, and she stated yes. I subsequently called the Orange County EPO office and spoke with Stephen Winder, who approved an EPO for Leslie against David. Sessie jumping in again to explain that an EPO is an emergency protective order, and it's different from a temporary restraining order. It provides a lot of the same protections, but an EPO is requested by the officer, and it's issued by a judge, but it's in that period before the victim can apply for a temporary restraining order. David has served a copy of the, F- of the EPO at the scene, and a copy was also provided to Leslie. During this time, David began complaining of pain in his wrist due to the handcuffs. I checked his handcuffs and was able to fit two of my fingers through the openings and confirmed it was not too tight. A few minutes later, David began complaining of pain to his wrist again, and Officer Fiddle subsequently loosened the handcuffs one click, double locked, to prevent any potential injuries. I later transported David to the NBPD jail, where he was booked without further incident. While at the jails, I took photographs of David, which were later forwarded to the CSI to be archived as evidence. I also contacted the CPS and spoke with senior social worker A. Cervantes and appraised her of the circumstances, referred to Officer Fiddle's supplement report for Leslie's full statement. Okay, so this is another exhibit to Leslie Bedore's petition for a temporary restraining order against David Bedore. And this is a medical report from when she went to the hospital to get treated for her injuries. It's similar to when Rachel from VPR of Scandival Infamy attached the emergency room medical report. I think it was actually urgent care, not even emergency room. It was an urgent care discharge information that she attached to her application for a temporary restraining order against Sheena. So this is similar, but this is Leslie. It's not Scandaval. But just to take it back to Scandaval, like everyone's doing, <laughs> Bethany. Anyway. Triage notes from the Marquis Urgent Care, February 25th, 2023. Historian, self. Triage notes. Patient reports having been at home, spouse dumped entire bottle of lax mouthwash on head, got into eyes causing redness, heaviness, goopy sensation. Today, a few hours before arrival. History of domestic abuse, patient reports she took her daughter and left home. Called Newport Beach Police Department non-emergency line, spoke to Officer Schuster, reported patient came in for domestic abuse and that her eyes were injured and she left with a toddler. Officer reported there's a history of calls from both parties. He will reach out to patient and see if she would like to file a report. 
verified if a written report needed to be submitted on our end. Officer declined and said no written report needed to be filed. All right, Ceci, again, I want to talk a little bit about mandatory reporting requirements for healthcare practitioners in California. And this is from the website futureswithoutviolence.org. And it states that healthcare providers are required to make a report if they provide medical services to a patient whom they suspect is suffering from a physical injury due to a firearm or assaultive or abusive conduct. And they have to report it to a local law enforcement agency that has jurisdiction over the location in which the injury was sustained. They have to do it immediately or as soon as practically possible. Okay, so as you guys know, if you've watched The Real Housewives of Orange County, the potential possible domestic violence against Shannon Bedore by David Bedore was a huge storyline in, I believe, the end or during season nine, which we discussed. Leslie, who clearly watched the show and knows that this was a previous storyline, attached this, which appears to be a photograph of an email from David. And again, we're not verifying that. This is what Leslie is claiming it is. And so I'm going to have John read in John's normal voice as David Bedore this email. From this place, when I think reality, when you're pissed, you're filming falling cops. One of these times, you are going to be pissed and actually call them whether I do anything or not. And I'm going to get arrested whether I do anything or not. I will be in bed with my underwear on many years and was still arrested and hauled and spent a year in DV classes. I still have paperwork on my desk to remind me of what happened. This happened February 16th, 2003, at 11.29 p.m., law enforcement case number 031799, responding officer B. Rodriguez, badge number 1208, 20 years ago, now. Okay, and now Angela is going to finish going through the rest of Leslie Bedore's exhibits to her petition for a temporary restraining order against David Bedore. And the messages that Angela is reading from, which you can gather when she reads them, are from before the petitions for the restraining orders were filed in this case. So just for some mental context. This is an email from Leslie to David Bedore on May 11th, 2023 at 2.25 p.m. David, I've been thinking about how to deal with our situation and your offer from this morning after I told you I'd be going today to get restraining orders. Based upon your offer and what I am looking at for the future, here's my proposal. I will not seek domestic violence restraining orders or sue you for personal injuries if you pay me the $100,000 you offered me this morning by noon on May 12, 2023. You will not return to the Emerald Bay house. If you need anything like clothes or personal items, please give me a list so I can get those ready for you. You will continue to timely pay the Emerald Bay rent and you will pay $10,000 per month from our premarital agreement effective May 1st, 2023, with the first payment deposited by noon on May 12th, 2023. With these agreements, we'll be able to keep most of the facts out of anything that get filed with the court. Please confirm that you agree to these terms ASAP so I know if I have to go to the courthouse. Leslie, be a dad. You can't even say hi to your child, you piece of shit! Exclamation point. Learn to be a father to blank. She needs a father. Say something, prick. Be a husband and father. Thumbs up emoji. Start taking your daughter to the doctor like every other father in America. Be a dad. No problem. When's her next spot? So sick and tired of your selfish bullshit. Enough! Exclamation point. Be a dad! Exclamation point. 
This I'm a single mom, but married does not fly with me. Be a fucking father, David. Sick of it. You could have gone to her appointment, but exercising. Unbelievable. Wrong. All caps. So sorry you feel that way. Fuck you. Take care of blank. Learn to take care of her. Fuck you. They attacked me so much, and you never said a fucking word to them. Fuck you, David. Blank is your kid, dumbass. You still have not asked. You don't care. I'm fucking over this shit. Okay, so that's all for David Bedore's affidavit, Leslie Bedore's affidavit, and the attached exhibits to them respectively, but I'm going to get into everything else that's gone on on the docket. So David files something else, another response, another way to tell his side of the story after everything that Angela and John just went through in the restraining orders, all that back and forth. He's like, I got, I got one more. I got one more. So he says everything that Leslie's doing is basically in retaliation for me providing her with my own notice and for me filing for my own temporary restraining order. I thought that the stipulation that we entered into, I thought that was final. And if you guys will remember the stipulation, we discussed it in the prior episode. He's saying Leslie's like, it's unfair. I want more money. And he's like, we agreed to it. We signed it. It should it should be in place. It's fair. He then goes on to tell his side of the story of the gas exchange of him removing their daughter's clothing of the money that he provides her. And he's like, hey, I'm allowed to get my car from my old house. There's nothing that says I can't go to the old house. Then he says, I don't have a drug problem. I don't need psychiatric evaluation. The only medication I've ever been on is prescribed and I'm not on any. And he's like, I even took a drug test. She wants a drug test. I took a drug test. He goes on and he's like, everything that Leslie's telling you, all the claims she's making, all the allegations, it's all financially driven. You know, this is in bad faith. She's not behaving appropriately before the court. And then if you recall, we read a declaration by a social worker named Priscilla Jean. He says, I don't know this person. She says she's a clinical social worker on the matter. I have no idea what that means. I have not been contacted by CPS, nor have I been notified that a social worker is assigned to our case. And for what reason? It is clear this is someone that Leslie has hired to help build a case. It's very telling that Leslie contacted this person just a few days after we signed our stipulation and gave only her account of what is happening. This person has no personal knowledge of any events that occurred. She's simply restating what Leslie has told her. Included is my formal objection to that woman's declaration. Then David's attorney, Michael Monarch, files his own declaration. So he states in his declaration that Leslie's the only one who's engaged in domestic violence in this case. He says it's clear Leslie will say or do anything that will prolong her rent-free continued use of a $15 million home in Laguna Beach. This court reaffirmed that Leslie must vacate the home, but she hasn't. His attorney goes on to say that the prenup that they signed said that he will only pay her $10,000 a month in support unless there's a stipulation. So David's counsel is like, you know, he's he's actually doing better because he agreed to give her $40,000 one time for four months worth of $10,000 payments. So I'm not going to read this all because it's a lot of like legal mumbo jumbo and, you know... I'm sure you guys are just sick of hearing the back and forth between David and Leslie. It's a lot. There's a lot of complaining. And now to have David's attorney get into the mix is just like, oh, gosh, you guys, calm down. Calm down, everyone. Um, But he's just like, you know, she's acting in bad faith. She's filed these motions without giving them to us in a timely fashion. This is all just motivated by 
greed. The one juicy bit of this that I will read or get into is that he says that Leslie has continued to engage in a social media campaign where she's continued to publicly share the facts of this case with social media outlets and the celebrity gossip networks. Though she carefully crafts her post to not specifically name David by name, she has made it clear that through social media posts and her previous filings that the parties are going through a divorce and she accuses David of lacking the ability to care for the party's daughter, blank. Leslie, knowing full well that the social media gossip organizations peruse the court's filings, guilty as charged, hi, that's us, these derogatory statements that she's made about David, which she put into her petition, were clearly meant to disparage him and paint herself as a victim. There is no need to make these statements in her petition, which was publicly filed, even if it were the truth, which they are not. The attorney goes on and says that she's threatening public humiliation just to extort more money out of him. Then a few days later, Leslie files a petition saying, hey, the stipulation isn't working for me anymore. I need more time at the home. It's unfair to kick me and our child out of the house. I need more money. You know, I signed that. I signed that original stipulation when I thought things would go well, but things started to go really downhill right after, starting with the gas card situation, starting with him closing my Wells Fargo account. Had I known he would have behaved that way, I wouldn't have agreed to the stipulation and it needs to be revised. The court responds and says, I'm not going to issue anything based on this until we have the hearing on your restraining orders in September. So I found the prenup. David Bedore's attorney attached it to his declaration and it is from October 9th, 2020. So again, mere moments before they were married. However, it does say that she was first presented with the prenuptial agreement on September 2nd, 2020, and had seven days to review the agreement. And let me flex my California state knowledge again. In order to be a valid prenuptial agreement in California, it has to be found that the prenuptial agreement was signed voluntarily. And usually that means in California that it was provided with seven days of review, that it was recommended that the agreement be reviewed by independent counsel, or if that party didn't want independent counsel to review it, they have to write that they aren't going to have an attorney review it. It also has to be found that the agreement is not unconscionable. And that means that they were aware of the terms within it and again, had that attorney review. So both Leslie and David filled out their own separate exhibits, listing out their property before marriage. And I'm definitely going to look through that. But they said that all property in exhibit A belongs to David and includes any inheritance, gifts, devise, descent, interfamily wealth transfer. All of that, even during marriage, is separate property. And like I mentioned before, gifts usually, inheritance, that usually is all considered separate property during a marriage anyway. But it is weird that interfamily wealth transfer is included as separate property. So that's where the prenup kicks in and goes off of what is prescribed in California state community property laws. So that's a little, that, that, that's a little point of difference between the law and what the contract wants to do. Leslie has the same conditions on her property. So again, any gifts she receives, anything that's in exhibit B, that's hers to keep, even if it's during the marital economy period. So when they're married, um, it also says the same thing that any inter family wealth transfers are her separate property. So again, 
this is one of those moments where the contract where the prenup agreement kind of detours from what is prescribed by California law. Interestingly, somewhere where the prenup does conform to community property law in California is in the income of the parties. So it says all salary, retirement benefits, disability benefits, and social security benefits received by David on account of his employment earned during the marital term shall be community property of the parties. And that's what California law says as well. However, he separates out Bador Construction Company and says that any and all interest in Bador Construction Company, Inc., including but not limited to liabilities, goodwill, accounts receivable, equipment, work in process, bank accounts, tax liability related loans, debts, and all other corporate assets and or liabilities shall remain David's separate property. It has Leslie initial right under this section that her initials set forth, she acknowledges that she has been fully advised of this waiver of any community interest in Bedore Construction Company. It also puts in here that there's a home he owns in Corona, California, and that is to remain his entire separate property. It continues that they are going to have a separate joint account where all of David's income characterizes community property shall be deposited. And it says that Leslie has no obligation to deposit any of her separate property income into the joint account. She can, but she has no obligation to. And they detail what that money from the joint account can be used for and how neither of them can seek reimbursement from use of those funds in the joint account. And they say that this can include things like, I have to read it because it's just amazing. Things like clothing, shoes, makeup, hair products, haircuts, hair styling, hair coloring, bleaching, hair extensions, hair weaves, hair blow dry, spa, massages, facials, Botox, skincare products, manicure, pedicure, feminine products, food eating out, utilities, and then other more normal things. I just love that they're like, yeah, we got a joint bank account and you can use them on getting your hair done. On spousal support, it says if they are married for less than 20 years, the monthly maximum amount of spousal support payable shall not exceed $10,000 for a maximum period equal in time to 50% of the marital term. So for example, if they're married for four years, then David only has to pay Leslie $10,000 for two years. It says that the court can have jurisdiction over spousal support, but it cannot exceed $10,000 for a maximum period equal in time to 50% of the marital term. So like the court could deviate and give less, but the court definitely cannot give more under our prenup. The prenup goes on that if the marriage lasts over 20 years, then it's up to the court to decide how much either party should receive in spousal support. Prenup in total is 40 pages long, not including the exhibits. This is a very well-written contract. Looking at David's disclosure of assets that he put in the prenup, he says that Bedore Construction Co. Inc. is approximately valued at $8 million and that he had an account, a Wells Fargo account, that was $35,000. His Corona home is valued at $2.1 million. And then he lists some cars some payment he owns to a, to a former spouse that's $800,000. I'm guessing that's to Shannon. And some loans that he has as well on his vehicles. And then he has a $2 million judgment against Bedore Construction Company, Inc. Leslie, on the other hand, said that she has her personal property, not 
limited to clothing, furniture, and personal effects. She has a Cartier Cartier nail bracelet that's $9,000, a love bracelet that's $12,000, sapphire diamond earrings that are $5,000, a Chanel bag, $5,000, another one that's $5,000, but this one has pearls, a Van Cleef necklace that's $6,000, diamond studs that are $5,000, diamond tennis bracelet, $9,000, and an engagement ring that's $160,000. My My God, that's a lot. Anyway, that's all that she lists in terms of her assets and liabilities going into the marriage. So that's a little surprising that it's just jewelry, her clothing, and bags in her engagement ring. I'm a little shocked by that. But if it is true, and it should be true, because when you're negotiating these sorts of things, you should be forthright with your assets and whatnot. Anyway, so if this is in actuality all the assets that she has, then it makes a lot of sense to me why she's sticking around with David. Another little side filing that happened, because after they both filed for temporary restraining orders, both of their restraining orders were granted. And because she put that he had firearms, he had to turn them in. So he he ended up filing something that says that he turned them into a licensed gun dealer and listing what guns he has. And he had four different guns. And I don't know anything about guns. But I will read off what they are for those of you who do. He had a Savage 30F, a Remington 514, a Winchester 37, and a Winchester 94. And he gave them to the dealer to store them. Later, David moved for sanctions against Leslie for not helping distribute the community sales proceeds from the sale of a residence that they had in Utah. So that's another little contentious thing that got filed in this case. Then on August 8th, so a few weeks later, Leslie posted that they reconciled. On Instagram, she put, look who I bumped into in Yosemite. And it was a photo of her and David. And we were all like, what? What? We just read and heard and we were doing all this research for this episode about the contentious divorce that was going on and the fact that they had filed for restraining orders against each other. And it was like, whoa, you guys are back together? Two days later, so two days after that Instagram post, on August 10th, Leslie and David entered into a stipulation seeking to dismiss the temporary restraining orders against them. They also said that they were reconciling and wanted to withdraw their dissolution petitions. However, the court was like, you can't just withdraw it. You actually have to file something to withdraw it, and I have to approve it. Since then, neither of them have filed anything, so we will keep looking at the docket and see if they're filing anything. But I mean, that stipulation seems to mean that they want to end the divorce. But yeah, they can't just file a stipulation and say, we're not divorcing anymore. They have to file the appropriate paperwork with the court, and the court has to grant it. Which, surprise, surprise, between when we recorded this episode and today when I'm editing it, they have filed a motion to dismiss the case. They filed it on August 22nd, 2023, and then the court granted it on August 30th, 2023, completely ending the divorce proceedings. So they are no longer seeking a divorce, and they have apparently reconciled. And I feel weird about that. I think this is a very toxic relationship. I think that Leslie feels like she's financially locked into it and is putting up with a lot of bad behavior by David Bedore just to have some financial security. And I don't think that is a wise decision and it won't be in the long run for her mental health. And I hope that she gets out of that relationship for the sake of her daughter because that's 
it's not a great example of a relationship for anyone. And it just sucks. Like, think about it. We were able to access these filings. They were completely public. They were not under seal. And her daughter in the future will be able to see these and see her dad calling her mom all these names and vice versa. And it's just so heartbreaking. So yeah, they have officially reconciled and that is that. I guess until, I mean, I don't want to say until next time because it makes me sound like I'm wishing ill on them or that I want them to divorce. It just, there's been a pattern here. So I I hope that they can reconcile and have a healthy relationship, but we will see and we will keep an eye on it. But we hope you enjoyed this. Thank you as always for listening. If you want more content, check out our Patreon. Thanks, legal team. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Bravo Docket is part of the Acast Creator Network. <laughs>